They always ask me, people always ask, how do you get these like monsters to come on your show? And the answer is I email them. It's that, it's that freaking simple. Seriously. Podcast Junkies, episode 114. If you're new to the show, my name is Harry Duran, host of this podcast. <laughs> what else would I be a host of? Uh, weekly episodes with a really engaging cornucopia of podcasters. I've got uh, some great conversations in the can, so to speak, that I can't wait to share with you coming up. So stay tuned for more information about that. This week, I have a conversation with Rob Dion of Open Sky Fitness. Rob and I engaged at uh, Podcast Movement two years ago, and I wanted him on the show then. And a year goes by. Of course, I run into him again in Chicago. And I said, hey, let's make this happen. And we talk about that a little bit at the beginning of this episode. In case you missed last week, I spoke to Davey Rothbart of The Found Podcast. That was really a fun conversation. Uh, Found's been a magazine that's been out and running for, out and running, out, nobody says that about magazines. It's been out for about 10 years, and it was then turned into a podcast. He's on the Wondery Network. If that name rings a bell, it's the network uh, that is home to um, Storyworthy, which was Christina Christine Blackburn, who was an earlier guest, episode 1111, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, Davies as well. So I'll be looking to have more folks from the network on there. I really had a, a really great vibe with Hernan Lopez, who you might remember from episode 102, 102. and uh, I really like what they're doing with the, with the network, and uh, I, I want to get more of those shows here. This week's episode is brought to you by Podbean, our newest sponsor. I was checking out some of the stats on the site, and I noticed that they had served 134,000 plus podcasters and delivered 3.4 million episodes and counting and 4.6 billion downloads as of today, which is bananas. And I think it just speaks to the fact that they're a rock solid platform. So if you have a need for your own podcast, for an enterprise podcast, or you're looking to do some crowdfunding for your podcast, I highly recommend you give them a shot. The first 30 days are free. Head on over to podbean.com slash podcastjunkies and uh, take a look at all the services they're providing for podcasters to get started with their show. So stay tuned to the end of the episode where you'll hear the retention hashtag, which is our way of making sure we know who's paying attention and uh, it's a way for you to engage on Twitter with um, with the other fans of the show and just let us know that you made it all the way to the end. So. That'll be at the end of the episode. But for now, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Like this is a radio show or something. Uh, here's my conversation with Rob. All right. Rob Dion, welcome to Podcast Junkies. This is a bit overdue because we were supposed to schedule this after Podcast Movement 2015, but then you blew me off. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, I can't remember who was who, but we, we sent each other emails and uh, and then, you know, life gets busy, man. Life gets busy. So uh, I forgive you. And you circled back. I got to give you credit. You circled back and you're just like, hey, man, offer still, offer still out there if you want to come on the show. Yeah. And you know what? I'll tell you this right now. Okay. So here's what happened. Day after I got back from Podcast Movement, I went to Podcast Movement back in, what was it? It was July 5th was, I think, yeah. when I arrived. And my wife and I, we stayed until the 8th, and that was the Sunday. 
or maybe it was the ninth. I flew back that next morning and we had just purchased right before we left before the 4th of July, we had just purchased a fourplex apartment building here in Los Angeles. Wow. And we, since July 9th to like a week and a half ago, we were doing renovations. I didn't take a day off from July 9th until, until just like a week and a half, a week and a half ago. And now we're actually in the process of renting out all of those apartments. We're in that, that stage of the development, but it's been, I mean, construction pants, construction boots. I wake up in the morning, I train clients. I go and I do, I go and I do, you know, manual labor for, you know, most of the day. And then I go and I train clients right after that as well. It was, that was my, that was my day. And then when you sent me that text, or that email, it was literally like I just finished completion. Like we okay. were just we just finished it, and I was like, "Good timing, good timing, <laughs> Harry." So, so kudos. So is that the first uh, your first foray into real estate? Um, it's this. Well, technically, it's the second because we bought our first house two years ago, and we were, I guess, I don't want to say we were smart enough. We were just, I guess, lucky and 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 maybe just naive enough. Uh, to think that we can buy a property that has some rental units on it. And as I mentioned, I live in the Jefferson Park area, which is in historic West Adams of Los Angeles. It's not necessarily considered to be the best area. I, it would be considered South Central because we're south of the 10 and uh, and we're just between Crenshaw and La Brea. I mean, Crenshaw and um, and like Arlington. So it's it would this is, you know, 1990s. This was this was bad. This was a bad area, yeah. you know, and uh, but. There's some really beautiful old craftsman houses in this area, and we bought a house that had two one-bedroom apartments out back. And for the first year, we rented it to friends, and then they moved out. And then the second year, we were here, and until now, we've been Airbnb-ing it, and we are crushing it. Like, we just, we were really lucky. Like, we were just like, at first, it was just kind of covering a part of our mortgage, and now it pays for all of our mortgage. Mm. So for the last year, we've been saving and saving and saving and saving until we were able to buy another piece of property and that's why we bought the fourplex so that's been the last that's been the last couple years and it's so funny i was just talking to somebody about this this morning it's like most people dream of getting into the real estate business and they like work at it and work at it and work at it and 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 i dream of being in the online business world and i work at it and work at it and work at it and in real estate i just you know real estate just makes sense to me for some reason so it doesn't even it's like yeah that's my hobby yeah, I own like six apartments and uh, yeah, this is just my hobby. It's like, you are a dick, you know, like that. <laughs> so that's how most people would respond to me saying that. But uh, yeah, it's so weird. We just, and my wife is very ambitious in that way. She pushes me. She's fantastic. I got to give her credit because she's, I'm like, I'm all worried that we're not going to be able to afford it. And she's like, no, we can do this. We can do this. And uh, so we just dove right in. There's a lot of parallels in that and the journey that people take as entrepreneurs in the online world because we, yeah. you know, we, we think we, we start something and we think we know enough to get started but you know we realize we're, we're never going to know everything and I'm sure you felt the same way when you bought that apartment complex oh, that, man. that you know there's probably a lot of things that I'm not even aware of and it's probably a good thing that you're not because it, it might scare you off <laughs> exactly yeah we thought it was going to take six weeks to complete it and it ended up taking us four months and it cost us way more money than we thought it was going to cost us but you know on the back end you know, just like anything else, you put the time in, you put the work in, and eventually it, it pays off. But you, you sometimes you just don't realize how much work, right? When you start a podcast, you don't realize. You, you, you have this, like, this thought, like, oh, man, I, I just all I got to do is record myself talking, and then I just post it, and then that's it. And then people listen, and I have a fan base, and, and, and all of a sudden I start making money because people love me. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm in. Sign me up. Sign me up. I'm a podcaster now. 
And then you realize, fuck, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta edit that shit. I gotta post it on Libsyn or SoundCloud or whoever. I gotta, you know, create blog. I gotta create blog posts around it. Otherwise, nobody's gonna find it. I gotta, you know, I gotta. St- There's just all these different things that nobody ever thinks about when they first start, which is, I guess, is good because I was really naive when I got into podcasting, which was almost three years ago. I think you and I started close to the same time. I think I started late 2013. You started around 2014, Which, right? Yeah, I went to NMX 2000, in January of 2014. Yeah. I saw a bunch of podcasters roaming the hallways. I'm like, this would be much, because I was going to do a, a podcast to interview electronic music DJs. And mm-hmm. then I was like, I think it's much easier to, to the fish in a barrel concept. And I'm like, I can get five interviews just from roaming the hallways here. So let me start with that. So that's, Yeah. And that's, is that where Podcast Junkies kind of was born? Yeah. Someone, uh, Chris Murphy, he's um, a friend of mine and he was introducing Cliff Ravenscraft for a talk, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, podcast answer man. Um, and so Cliff's been podcasting for a while and then Chris said something, and we still argue back and forth who came up with the term podcast junkies. But when he's when he was speaking, I was like, he's talking to me. I was looking at my phone. I had like 30, 40 podcasts that I was listening to. I was just voraciously consuming the content. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh. So then I jumped on um, Podcasters Paradise webinar, and uh, I literally like registered a domain name while I was on the webinar. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And uh, jumped I can't in. believe nobody had podcast junkies. <laughs> It's such a good name. It really is. It's like yeah. so, it just makes so much sense. So yeah, and then it's just been an amazing ride, uh, two and a half years. I just completed episode 100 and used that as Congrats. The, Congrats thank, on thank that. You. And I used that as the um, the end of my se- my longest season ever, season one, because <laughs> seasons are hot now, so you got to right. have season three of podcast. And I brought back Chase Reeves, who was my first guest, who's the host of The Fizzle Show, amazing, funny personality. And uh, we did episode 100, and that was just a literally, a literal like turn on the recorder was on. He jumped on Skype. We he spoke, and ranted for like an hour and a half, and then we just stopped. And, and it was it's amazing if you haven't heard it. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. Really, really free flowing. Like no love that shit. No form uh, whatsoever. But no to, filters. Yeah, no filters. Who is your inspiration to to get started with your show? Um, well, you know, that's interesting because I did, I kind of, I, I kind of fell into podcasting. I wasn't planning on doing podcasting. I, you know, I'm, I'm a personal trainer in Los Angeles. I, um, I, I, I thought the best thing to do as a, as a personal trainer would be start creating YouTube videos, you know, workout YouTube videos. So a friend of mine who's a, a producer and at the time he worked for the TV show, how I met your mother as some, he was a producer in some world, but he, uh, I, I went to him, he shot workout videos for me in the past. And I said to him, I'd like to start a YouTube channel. Would you be interested in producing it? Right. And if we start making money, we can split it, you know? And he just goes, you know, that's a lot of work. We could just do a podcast because I host the, how I met your mother podcast and I have all the equipment. So I was just like, Oh, okay. Well, what is, I was like, what's a podcast? (laughs) No joke. What's a podcast? And he's like, Oh, it's great. You should check it out. And then I started like you, I started, I I, I mean, downloading every single podcast I can find. I think in the fitness world, I started out with Ben Greenfield and, uh, fat burning man and, uh, you know, Mark Sisson's, uh, uh, primal blueprint. You know, these are the really great high end podcasts that are well produced, you know, and they, they have fantastic guests on their show. And so I wanted to do something different when I started my podcast because I figured 
I can't I can't compete with those guys. I don't have I don't have the I don't have the the knowledge base. I don't have the connections in terms of the fitness world where I won't be able to just call somebody and ask them to be on my show. So what we did was we came up with this idea. The podcast was going to be and it was Open Sky Fitness podcast from the beginning, but it was going to be like Love Lines slash Car Talk. On uh, you familiar? So like Love Lines, where like Adam Carolla yeah. and like. Dr. Drew and like that kind of thing where I was the voice of reason. I was the one that was, you know, that could give reasonable advice. And then I had my best friend, Jeff, who's now on this TV show, Blackish. He's like the he's one of the white guys that works in the office on that show on that show. And he's a total comedian, you know, jackass kind of guy and makes fun of people all the time. And and then there was me. And so we did that and we had people calling in like car talk where people were asked questions. And we tried that for, I think we did like three or four episodes like that. We realized very quickly that trying to organize three different people to call in at certain times to record them and then put piece that together into a podcast, get everybody's schedule. Cause then there was like, there was me, my, my co-host, my producer and the guy who was helping him run the equipment in the room. And then we had to organize, th- you know, three different people calling in. Oh my God. It was a logistical nightmare. So we did that for like three or four episodes and then we had to shift the show to an interview show. And I just, I like bit the bullet and I just started contacting people. Um, so that's kind of how I, how I, um, how I transitioned into the podcasting world. And you know, here's a question and this is for any new podcaster. They always wonder how you get such good guests on your show because I've had some phenomenal guests. I've had like Dr. Lauren, cause mine's all like health and stuff. Yeah. So I've had Dr. Lauren Cordain. He was the guy who created the paleo diet. He's, he's like, uh, he's like a, He's like a god in the paleo world. I've had um, I've had Tony Horton, the, the guy who created P90X. I've had some really heavy hitters on my show, uh, Kelly Starrett, who's like the mobility wad guy, and they they always ask me. People always ask, "How do you get these like monsters to come on your show?" And the answer is, I email them. It's that it's that freaking simple. Seriously, I think it's, a lot. Of, I think a lot of people are intimidated. And they, yeah, and they and they overthink it, think and, it, and they overcomplicate things, right? And they say, "There's no way that someone that they hear on a regular basis, and when you hear someone on a podcast that's been around for years, just in your mind you associate this level of celebrity with them. And even in our mm-hmm. world, in our podcasting world, you know, we go to the yeah. conference and you see certain people, like let's say, like a Pat Flynn, like a Cliff Ravenscraft." You know, like, exactly. oh, like they're a podcast celebrity. But if you ask outside the podcasting space, they're like, I don't know who those people are. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, when they go to the supermarket, nobody fucking recognizes them. You know, nobody knows who they are. Uh, and what's interesting is that if you if you sometimes go in with the mindset that they're not, they're just normal people, they put their pants on one, one leg at a time and and almost from a naive, I'm just going to be sincere and be like, I, I like your work and I think you'd add value to my audience. Hey, would you come on? I reached out to Mark Maron's producer, ex- Mark Maron's executive producer on Twitter. Yeah. And I said, would you like to come on the show? And he's like, I'm going to be a little busy in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, reach out to me. That was two weeks before the Obama interview. <laughs> and the Did you have him on? I don't even know. Did you have him on? I had uh, Brendan McDonald. He's the executive producer for, for Mark Maron. I That's had him so on. Cool. And it was just so because cool. I was like, I would love to talk to him. I've had, yeah. I've had uh, Leah Tao. She's the... Uh, she hosts a podcast called Strangers. She's on Radiotopia. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I've had several people from Radiotopia now come on. Um, and it's just, 
you just keep asking and add value. And I just had Mignon Fogarty, Grammar Girl. She's been podcasting for like 10 plus years at Podcast Movement. If you remember, I was handing out the t-shirts. Of course. You were doing it the year before too. (laughs) (laughs) And she came by and I said, oh, Mignon, you know, I'd love to have you on. And she actually kicked off season two. She she was so appreciative and I sent her a follow. I usually send the follow-up email to guests and say, thanks for coming on. And if you'd like it, you can share the episode this way and, and that way. And she replied back later that says uh, that was the most um, th- like thought through way f- to allow me to share your episode with my audience. Mm. And I and I teach a class in Reno uh, on podcasting, and I, I I'm going to mention that to my I'm going to use that as an example for my students. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah, and it's you know it's I think that uh, I think that you know being able to get people on the show it, it, it's it's not a mystery, and the fact that you are genuine and and open about you know why you want to have them on the show that's um, that's all you really need, you know. And it's interesting. I have um, I have a client who. Um, uh, he's a movie producer, you know, that's the, the, the perks of, I guess, living in Los Angeles. My, my clients, I have, I have a few clients that are movie producers, right? right? Some very successful. And I was telling him about this, my, um, you know, how many I, I sent out, I go, I sent out three emails this week, inviting people on my show. And I got two out of three back that they want to be on the show. It's pretty awesome. And he goes, you know, now, you know what you have to do now. Right. And I go, no, what? He goes, just, you just, just up the amount of people you invite on the show. And I was like, Oh, he goes, yeah, just up the, that's all you have to do. Now go from two or three to 10 and invite 10 people on your show every single week. And I was like, that's a big workload. And it's like, but now that's the thing that I have my VA do. So I created this whole entire, like how to find, we have like this whole spreadsheet on Excel, like we, you know, or Google, Google Excel, whatever that thing is. And she, she gives me a whole list of people. There's all these categories that she has to punch in. She gives me a description. She goes, here's why I think they're right for the show. And then I go through and I have her yes or no box and I, I type in yes or I type in, type in no. And then she goes in and we have a template. And, but there's a, there's a very personalized section of the template and she goes in and, and I say, yes, 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 yes. And she, and then she creates all the template, te- uh, template, or she fills in the templates, sends them to me through Google docs. And then I just copy and paste them and send them off to that person. So I can get 10 out without, without using any of my time. And, uh, and I, I spend maybe five minutes sending out 20, you know, 15, 20 emails because all I'm doing is copying and pasting. So it comes from me specifically. So what's, as you, I think as you started, I'm not sure if you imagined where the show would go because you said you had Mm. a whole format that was completely different than where the show is at now. So sometimes you have to look back at a longer period of time to see the progress you make. Like, and you know, and you can relate from the fitness world. Like if I, if I said, um, I just been working out with you for a week, Rob, I'm not seeing anything happen. (laughs) Right. But if I said, Hey, six months ago, I got started with you. Now look at me. So if you look at that from the podcasting perspective, and I don't know if if you get a chance to do this, but have you looked back and have you seen the growth and and seen the growth of you both as an interviewer and as a podcaster? and, And are you sometimes surprised at what's happened? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like, I don't expect my podcast numbers to grow all that much because I don't do, um, you know, I don't do that much promotion in that sense. My podcasting, it, it, it has been growing here. Here's the deal. So in the beginning it was, it was, uh, it was a total wash. We had, we put out and, and I made this mistake early on and, and there was probably a point in there where I should have pulled the show and then relaunched it. I didn't do that. And I, and I maybe I, I might still do that. I don't know. That's, that's definitely a strategy that some people take, but 
along the way that the, the show has evolved, but it's it evolved in a way that uh, I was just kind of flying by the seat of my pants. So I would figure I would figure something out, and then I would try to apply that, and then I would, you know, I would go back to square one because I figured that 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 that, that didn't work. But as time went by, and I'll give you here here's the example of that. Like in the beginning, I was doing only interviews, right? And, and this is something, this is just me. So other people can stick with their, with their process, whatever. But I, I realized something, you know, and it took, it took me fucking forever to figure this out, but I realized something. I, um, I wasn't setting myself up as the expert on my show. Mm-hmm. I was setting myself up as the interviewer on my show, bringing in experts. Now who wants to pay the guy who's the interviewer? Nobody. They only want to pay the expert. So what I did was I started transitioning. I started doing only an interview every other show. And the, and the off show I would do, I would cover a topic. I would talk about, you know, gut health. I would talk about how to drop, you know, how to drop water weight. I would talk about how to, you know, how to increase muscle mass. I would uh, like cover all these topics and I would talk about the things that I'm an expert at, right? Because what I was doing is I was giving everybody else the opportunity. And I was also, think about this. I mean, over the span of two and a half years, three years of doing a podcast, I learned a shit ton of information from these people. So there is a certain amount of expertise that I wasn't getting to share that I was learning and applying in my own personal life and with my clients one-on-one. So as time went by, I started transitioning out of doing interviews all the time over and over again and into doing mostly, and I brought my wife into the show. I kicked my, kicked my producer out. I kicked my, um, my co-host out because I realized they were taking it in a direction that I didn't necessarily believe in. And so I just, and I, and I don't say that in a negative way. I just, you know, there was, it needed to go. It needed to happen. Um, and it was mutual. And my, my wife came in recently, probably in the last six months and our number, our numbers, we were probably at like, you know, seven, 800 in downloads for the first, you know, in like in a week. And now we're at like 15. So we've, we've doubled in terms of downloads. And now in turn, now with our whole entire, um, our whole, whole entire show, we get about 15,000 downloads per month on, you know, for the show itself. And what we're doing is you could see now in Libsyn, I can see my trend, my trend, I'm trending up, uh, not this past Tuesday because of election day. So, uh, definitely didn't have a trend up on that day, but you know, trend, we're trending up and we changed something we created instead of just putting out all this information for people to digest and do, do of what they will on their own. We started a podcast group, um, on Facebook. And I, and you were actually one of the people that, you know, I saw doing that and I thought that was really smart. And I, and that was a conversation that was happening at the podcast movement recently. And I was like, you know what? And right after I left podcast movement, I was like, fuck, I got to do something. So I waited about a month because I was slammed with that property. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to start talking about it on the podcast group. I mean, in the podcast. And I did. And we're now we're at like 108 or 110 members and it's insanely interactive. I mean, to the point where I, I, I probably have messages right now, like there's constant conversations happening and, and you know, in this world, it's not about numbers in terms of how many, how many people you have following you or how many people you have in your, in your pot on, you know, following your page. It's about how many people are interacting with you. Yeah. How many people are you having direct influence on right there and then? So if I post something in this group everybody responds to it. Everybody starts a conversation. If somebody else posts their before and after picture or somebody else posts like what they're struggling with, everybody comes in like a community and, and helps take care of them. And it's, and now this is now I've had in the last, you know, in the last month or so, I've had more people come forward to me to work with me online to do one-on-one coaching 
which is what I want to transition my business into because I don't want to work one-on-one with people and count to 15 as they do push-ups. You know, I want to help them. I want to help them really make make some breakthroughs, barrier breakthroughs. I'm like, why they're not as healthy as they could be? What's holding them back? All these questions that, you know, most people don't want to ask themselves. And I want to be that guy to help them. So I, I'm, I'm able to uh, I'm able to shine a light on that on that part of my life that I am capable of doing with people online. And now I've had multiple people contact me just through the group in like to help them on their journey. So that has been like in, in terms of lead generation, it's completely changed over the last couple months. And it's all from creating that podcast group. And it's all from making myself the expert on my show as opposed to just the interviewer. So yeah, I, I think that's that's. Um, uh, just so fascinating because a lot of times people think like, how am I going to, you know, they, they think, how am I going to monetize this? How am I going to re- how am I going to get to like millions of downloads? And, yeah. they're, and they're looking at the wrong metric because I tell people all the time, okay, I'll give you a million downloads per episode, but who are those people? Like I'll give you 10,000 downloads per episode, but who are you, who are you going to really engage with those people? Are you yeah. going to, are you going to get $15 per every thousand downloads and you're going to make a living off that? I mean, by the time like mid roll or whoever it is you sign up with takes their cut, you know, that's not where you're going to add the most value. Right. I think the fact that you're in a group where you know the names of the people that are listening to your show, like I, those are your super fans. Those are the people that I give them shout outs. Yeah. I talk about what the, I talk about their specific discussions on the show. They they're a part of it. They write me right after they listen. They're like, oh, my God, Rob, I can't believe you brought that up. I can't believe it. I'm so like I'm so happy right now. And it's like, that's so cool. And then they're like they're like typing away and they and they like respond like they're feverish about responding. You know, so it's and I mean, you're talking I'm not talking about like two or three sentences. I'm talking about like fucking a page worth of shit that they write down there. They're given like all this information and that information, that struggle, that, you know, just that drive to be wide open to what they're dealing with inspires everybody else on that on that on that group in that group. It's just it's it's amazing how it just it's infectious. And I shied away from this for so long. And now I've done what I see. I saw you do too. Is I do like within the group. I do Facebook Live, yeah. and I just started doing a cooking show that a Facebook Live cooking show that's nice. only for the group. So I, you know, I was lucky last uh, two weeks ago. I got invited to Facebook to do uh, to do a workshop with them nice. uh, as one of these you know like um, social media in- influencers. So we went in, and I was probably the small one of the smallest influencers there. They had people with millions of followers on Facebook, but they 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 brought us in there, and they had a lot. They had all these questions for us, and they were telling us how to use Facebook Live as a source of you know interaction. And one thing that a takeaway for anybody listening that is using Facebook Live is they say the longer the better. Yeah. which it goes against usual video video recording video recording that is that is evergreen usually is better when we're talking when you're talking about is better at like 3 minutes tops right but when you're talking about video on Facebook live you want to be doing it for 20 minutes. Mm. You want to be on there for a good 15, 20 minutes. You want to give people to get in there, give them time to get in there, give them time to start interacting and give them time to do the things that you're instructing them to do. Because usually if you're good at it, you're giving them time. You're, you're asking them questions. You're asking them to comment. You're, you're asking for feedback along the way. And I see a lot of these people and you and I are looking at each other video. I see a lot of these people like just like looking at their phones going, all right, guys, I'm, uh, I'm hanging out at the gym right now and I'm just exhausted. And uh, I just wanted to make a Facebook live and just say, hey, um, everything is good today. You know, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why am I watching it? And I click off. I'm like, why did I just tune into that? I'm so pissed. Yeah, you, you, know? can't, you can't get that time back. 
I wrote this on Facebook yesterday. It was I, I wrote watching somebody answer comments on Facebook Live is like watching a, a parent, uh, tr- like a, watching a parent talk to a kid who won't stop interrupting. It's exactly what it is. It's like you're like they're making a point. Somebody's making like this phenomenal point, and then and then and then oh hey hey Jerry says uh, Jerry says thank you. I really like the show. Well thanks Jerry. I really do. So anyway, my point was that it's like why would you answer that? Have a specific section of your Facebook Live that is for comments. Yes. You know, so, okay, guys, we're going to take a break here. We're going to go through the comments. Uh, Jim says, um, why are you so stupid? You know, it's like, well, let me answer that question for you, uh, Jim, because I just I'm taking the time to do this. You know, like that's exactly what you should be doing. But God damn, it bugs me so much. I'm sorry. I just like I, I just need to rant for a second about that. It, it, some people just have no concept of what it means to actually put on a show, you know. So the, yeah, the fact that it this elicits such a reaction out of you, like the people who haven't thought about you know what what they want to do with their group, means yeah. they're just dialing it in and they're just saying other people are doing it, so I've got to do it too, and I've got no approach to it. And right. I think it has the opposite effect, right? Because what <clears throat> it's doing, and it, and it and it happened to you, it's training people to say every time this person goes live, you know what? I don't. I'm not going to watch. It's going to be a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a, that's a really good point. And that's one of the reasons why. And I had, I think, two or three Facebook posts before that. And I specifically, I, and they were, and actually, I think all of them were at the property because it was all part of the Facebook group is everybody that's in my podcast group, right? So I wanted to let everybody know that like, hey guys, look, this is, I just want you, and, and it always had a message, right? It was like, I am right now, my life is I, like, I'm a personal trainer. I host the podcast. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to create content. I'm doing the best that I can in this world. And then I'm, and then I also have this other side thing that I'm doing, which is like, you know, which is like every single one of us, we have, our days are full from start to finish. So I just want to let you know, like, here's what I'm dealing with. And here's why maybe I'm not as present with you on Facebook as I should be. Right. And, and this is, but this is part of life. It has ups and downs. We're really busy when it rains, it pours. And you know, when it's a drought, it's a drought. So, you know, that's, that's kind of like the message here. And they were shorter. They were probably like five, 10 minutes at the most. And so when I did, when I went to the Facebook, uh, headquarters here in Los Angeles and they were like, do be very specific. You want to make sure that you are promoting it before you put it out. You want to make sure that you are delivering a message. You want to make sure, you know, and there's all kinds of things that you can really do to tweak your Facebook live. So now, and, and make it, uh, you want to make sure that it's evergreen and shareable. You also want to make sure that you, uh, you, you do it at the same time every week, like a, like a running show. And that becomes, that starts to generate uh, an audience that can rely on you, right? So that's what we're trying, that's what we're trying to do. And I'm trying to, and, and, you know, and I think it, we had really great responses of it uh, from it. And I think even watching the show after the fact, I just, I was like, wow, this is, even though the production quality is literally just my phone and a couple of uh, lamps that I bought at Home Depot, that is, that is the light, you know, like that it's just, it's like, it looks like it's really well produced and you would never know that it, it cost me $30 in lights, you know? So it's take a little bit of time, yeah. take a little bit of, make a little bit of effort in terms of what message you're delivering and the quality of it. And, and you're going to go so much further than just clicking Facebook live and just ranting for 10 minutes how, with no real message. How often per week do you go live? Um, I'm trying to go once a week, but you know, only with the, uh, only with that show. So, and actually to be honest, we did the one ba- we're cooking. Our show is a, is a batch cooking show. 
And just in terms, and, and the reason being is that we're not a we're not a cooking show like Martha Stewart, where you know we teach you how to make cookies. You know, batch cooking. It, it, our show is called Batch Cooking, and it basically is like meal prepping. We're gonna cook three meals at once, all within a 30, 30 minute to forty five minute time span. So you want to make sure that you are, you know, you are crunching in that time. You're being as, as effective as you possibly can while you're watching the show. You can cook while you're watching or you can wait and watch after. But like we make, we'll make like, I'll make a whole entire tri-tip that's like a two and a half pound tri-tip with a, a big pile of, uh, of, of, uh, of asparagus and we'll just, we'll cook them through like and move around and, and be cooking the whole entire thing. And then at 35 minutes in, it's like, boom, I have five meals. Here's my five meals. So now I'm now I'm set up to be healthier for the week, and that's kind of the message of it all. So it's it's uh so we want to do we were going to do another one last week, but we had two open houses for this property and we're trying to rent it. And this is number one a priority is getting these things rented because we're so unbelievably stretched financially right now with our with you know everything that we're doing. So this is just you know this is take care of the most important thing. And I and I message the group and I go look guys we're going to get back to regularly scheduled programming right after you know right after Devin and I get this together. And every blood everybody was extremely receptive. They like because they know they're on the inside. I tell them I, I've taken them through the property. They know exactly what nice. I'm dealing with, so they're so they're respectful of it. You know. You know what's so. you know what's amazing about that, Rob, is that uh, people want to connect with another human being, and they want to understand that they have the same challenges as as they do, and that you're you you have ups and downs, and you don't have this like perfect facade of this perfect life oh man they, you know if they see you if they see your cool like facebook images and your cool <laughs> posts on twitter and and, and yeah. stuff like wow he's really got it dialed in and and he you know everything's is humming along and he was born with six-pack abs and <laughs> all this sort of right. stuff but i think you know we just have to we have to show our underbelly at, at, at times if we really want to connect on a human level with other people yeah, and you know what? I want to show my underbelly all the time. I seriously do. Six-pack abs, go fuck yourself. Like, that is not real life. So I'm not even kidding. Like, you're, I see you laughing. Like, I'm not even kidding. The people who pretend that six-pack abs is a way of living, they have their heads so far up their ass, yeah. and they have genetics that they were born with that they can literally, you know, they, they could eat, they can eat cheeseburgers and pizza and french fries every single day, and they would never struggle. And I have a best friend. One of my best friends is like that. And he's just, he's ripped all the time. He eats, you know, he eats sandwiches all day long. He eats pasta all the time. Like he's just eating ter like terrible food, but his body never responds to it, right? But for most of us, we struggle. And I'm one of those people. When I was, you know, when Devin and I, when my wife and I got married, I was 30 years old. Uh, she took a picture of me standing next to a waterfall. I think it's on my website. Standing next to a waterfall. I was about 30 pounds heavier than I had ever been in my life. And I had this gut sticking out. And she totally snapped it before I got to like suck my gut in. And I saw this and I'm like, oh my God, it was such an eye-opening moment. I'm 30 years old. I had let, I, you know, I'd had let my career, focusing on my career and focusing on our, especially on our wedding, we were all stressed out, let all of that take hold of me and I can see what it did to me. And I wasn't paying attention to my diet, which I had never done, to be honest, throughout my entire 20s, never paid attention to my diet. And I was just, I, I had changed. My body had changed. And so I needed to start figuring out what I can do in order to, in order to like get back to where I was in my twenties. But then I realized I didnn't have my 20 year old body anymore. I, I, I needed to treat it like it was a 30 year old body. And that's where everybody goes wrong. They try to do what they did when they were 20 and expect to get the same results, but you're not dealing with that same body. You know, so everybody that has these six pack abs and tells you, you can get there in three months, look, maybe you could get there in three months, but what happens in the month four? 
Are you going to continue on that same that same insanely, you know, rigid, you know, uh, schedule like you were just doing like P90X? Uh, you know, I think it's a phenomenal program, right? But it's not realistic. It's not realistic unless you're obsessive, unless you don't mind working out six days a week and eating a nutrition plan that is extremely clean all the time. And in order to see the maximum amount of results, you've got to stick to it 100 percent. And then what happens after that? Oh, I repeat it. And then what happens after that? I repeat it. And it's like, okay, what, what are you learning about your body? What are you learning about what works well with your body? Right? If this is not realistic. We're not, you know, mm-hmm. you, what if you go on vacation? What if you get sick? You know, like there's all these different things that people don't factor in when they try to get healthy. And it's just this, it's a mask. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bandaid on a, on a bullet wound of, of, of neglect over an entire lifetime of treating your body like shit. Yeah. Right. And so this is what this is what my wife and I, this is what we specialize in. This is she's you know, I'm 39 right now. She's 35. I you know, she's never struggled with her weight as much, but she's ignored her body and treated it in a way that like, she was a dancer. So she would she would starve herself or she would she would and try all kinds of diets. And I would do the same thing. We've been through, you know, vegetarian, pescatarian, juice cleansing, you know, high carb, low carb, low fat, high fat. We, we've done like crazy amounts of, of different diets and, and nutrition plans in order to, uh, in order to just figure out what's works best for us. But everybody's expecting me to give them or not me, but just in the, the health and wellness world to give them this one piece of paper, this one piece of paper that says, do it like this and you're going to be healthy. And that's just not reality. It's not a one size fits all thing. That's right. And I got a, I got a message. I'm sorry to like, I'm, I'm totally bogarting the mic right now, but <laughs> this is your interview. What, this is my interview. Right. Stop talking. Will you? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I got a phone call from my sister, uh, and she's gonna be pissed that I brought this up, but whatever. Uh, I got a phone call from my sister and she's like, Rob, I'm, I'm unbelievably gassy. I'm always gassy. I've always been gassy. And my daughter now is really gassy and it's sometimes it doesn't smell and sometimes it's disgusting. So what do I do? And I'm just like, it's so funny because when I was a kid growing up, I, 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 had, I used to have the worst digestive problems. I used to be very, very gassy. And I thought that that was the way I was. My friends used to make fun of me because you know, if, like, if I passed gas in a room, oh my God, like it would, I'd clear the room. And there are people out there right now, they're, they're like, oh my God, that's me. That's totally me, right? And it is. It is you, right? And you think that that's just the way that you are. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, there's something wrong with you. I don't mean that in a bad way. But I mean that in a way like there's something wrong with what you're putting in your body and how your body's adjusting to it or how your body's reacting to it. You are putting something in your body because there's only one thing we put in our body. That's food and, 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 uh, and liquids, and right? Air, and, and air. And air, yeah. right, exactly. But generally, we're not breathing in like toxins unless you live in Los Angeles, <laughs> you know, unless you're in the same city as us. Right? Yeah, but that's lung cancer. We'll talk about lung cancer another time. It's another episode. Um, yeah, right. Totally different. Yeah, totally different episode. Tune in next week. Um, so when you're, but the only thing we put in our bodies is, is liquids and foods, right? Why would we think that we are just a certain way? Why would we think that, and now we're going to get graphic, why would we think that diarrhea is okay? Why would we think that being gassy is okay? Why would we think that acid reflux is okay? Why would we think that like having, and now this goes into different things like autoimmune, like having headaches is okay, migraines is okay, joint pains are okay, you know, uh, having a foggy brain is okay, uh, having huge dips in our energy levels in the middle of the day is okay. All of these things come from our nutrition. Because it's the only fuel we put in our body. It's like putting diesel in a regular car. It's going to run like shit. But if you're just continually putting diesel in the car and that car always runs like shit, you're just like, this car runs like shit. 
this is just a piece of shit car. And you just believe that about your body. But that's not reality. Reality is you didn't even figure out what, what kind of fuel your body needed. You never spent the time. So my sister says, what do I do? I'm really gassy. And I'm like, write down what you're eating. Write down everything that you're eating, everything that you're drinking. Create, create the list, right? Just write it all down, one thing at a time. And then when are you gassy? Now flashback three hours. What did you eat three hours ago, right? And then is there a pattern after a week of doing that? Is there a pattern? And it's like, I guarantee you, you're going to see a pattern. And so, you know, that's kind of the things that I, that, that I do. That's kind of how my podcast goes. Uh, and we talk about all different topics on that, you know, on that topic. They must, but, they must make for uh, really great tweetables from your... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would use Clamor. Do you use Clamor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Clamor. So it's like it makes for really good, like, little snippets of, you know, poop jokes and, and all kinds of weird, stupid shit. So you've so. got so you you built up this uh, this cliffhanger of this story that you were telling. So I, I'm you, you now have to tell us like what the food is so people know that not not to eat that. I, I know it's not one size fits all, but you know there's probably certain foods that lend themselves to gassiness. Well, I'm not okay. I'm not gonna like say you're gonna have to like tune into my show, which you should tune into my show, Open Sky Fitness Podcast, to listen to the the you know the things that can help you because it's not it's because it's not a one size fit all like you said, and it is a journey. But there are certain foods that do create um do create inflammation in the body. There are certain foods that do uh, create more gas in the body than most people uh, realize. Uh, one is dairy. For most people, dairy is a huge problem. Yeah. Now. Uh, you can figure out if it's dairy by just, and th this is the thing, all you have to do to find out if that's the thing that's giving you gas is eliminate it from your diet for a week or two. And if you stop being gassy, you're like, oh yeah, maybe Rob was right. Maybe, maybe it is the, the, the fact that I eat like a chunk of cheddar cheese before dinner every single night, you know, like maybe that was the issue. Maybe it's because I'm putting, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking a milkshake with my, you know, with my French fries and my burger. And I thought it was the French fries that was giving me gas, but oh wait, maybe it's a milkshake. You know, so uh, dairy is definitely a big one. Um, that's the lactose issue. And then uh, another big one for a lot of people is is gluten. And yeah. it's and it's it, and that that comes and You know, it's interesting because my sister in that same uh, phone call was like, I don't know what gluten is. I don't know what it's in. And maybe it's because she she's from Long Island and, and, you know, we live in Los Angeles. So it's a little more we're a little more savvy when it comes to nutrition. But she, uh, she I think she's probably in a category of most people that that of like more than more than 90% of people yeah. have no idea what gluten is yeah. and have no idea how it reacts to the body and and what gluten is and just very quickly is it's a it's a protein uh, breakdown that your body can't digest properly and what it does is it causes all kinds of it can cause I should say all kinds of inflammation in the digestion process so throughout the throughout the uh, the large intestine the small intestine the body starts to break it down in a way that creates gassiness can create um, bloating um, also can create diarrhea in the form of absorbing lots of water into that area so um, these these are like two major ones that a lot of people have issues with and the reason people say, well, well, shit, Rob, we used to have we used to have bread all the time. Why can't I? You know, that was a big staple. My grandmother in Italy eats bread all the time and she never she never had a problem. You know, we, they, they used to head over to Arthur Avenue in the Bronx for their for their. Yeah, their, their bakery. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, you know, they don't have a problem. But there. But the thing is, is that the the wheat uh, of today is different than the wheat of 100 years ago. We have these genetically modified seeds that have been that have been crossbred. 
And the problem is, is that you're, you're talking about a seed that now has how it has different traits from multiple other seeds in order to create this super seed that can that basically reacts to everyone. It's almost the same thing in like uh, in like peanuts or people have like an allergic reaction to all to like almost all kinds of nuts now because so many of the nuts have been crossbred in order to create like a perfect nut. So we have uh, where we used to not have any kind of allergic reactions to certain kinds of nuts. Now we have almost across the board reactions to certain to all nuts, which is mind blowing. Right. So this is this is some of the stuff that we might cover on the show. And it's like the thing is, is that you. OK, so if you say what are the things for you, it might be totally different for you. It might be the protein shake that you're having. Right. I had a guy who contacted me he goes, Rob, the broccoli you know, I gave a broccoli, roasted broccoli recipe on my show and he goes, the broccoli that I have, that, 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 that you have, that recipe makes me so gassy. My wife hates me. I'm crop dusting the entire house. And I was like, that's weird. I, I don't know that many people that have that much of a reaction to broccoli. I said, when are you eating it? He goes, I'm eating it post-workout. I said, you're just having broccoli as a post-workout meal? He goes, well, no, I have it with my, with my protein shake. But yeah, like the broccoli. And I'm like, dude, it's not the broccoli. What kind of protein shake are you eating? drinking and he says he's drinking this like ultimate something and I and I looked it up online and it, there's just these forums after forum that discusses how that protein shake gives most people insane gas and I'm like dude I mean Jesus why would you not like there's only two things you're consuming broccoli and and a protein shake and you would just assume that it was the broccoli so now he's upset because he actually enjoyed crop dusting the house and pissing <laughs> his wife off but his life has changed and so is hers she's happy she likes me she friend requested me on Facebook. <laughs> That's so funny. So tune in to Open Sky Fitness and you'll get not only the best health tips out there to improve your body, but you'll get uh, comedic relief as well. <laughs> we try to keep it light and fun. That's our show. So when was it that was it that moment? Was it that picture? Was it? I, I'm always curious about people's in, like inflection points about when they realize that the way they were living is not the way they can continue to live. And how you just jumped into this world, or was it prior to then something that you've off and on had an interest in this this this, this idea of fitness? Um, I, that's a that's a good question. I I mean I think that I was uh, I was always an athlete when I was a kid. I think that a lot of that that resonates with a lot of people. I was athletic. I you know junior high, high school. I was you know swimmer, wrestler. Uh, I played soccer, played sports, and. Uh, as I got older, I went to college and then I moved to Manhattan and, and I just, I couldn't do those things anymore. So I would try to exercise as, you know, a little more often. And I, and my body responded well to that, you know, in my, in my early twenties, especially my body responded really well. So, um, but then I kind of lost my way for a little while, as I mentioned, then the next thing I knew I was in my thirties and I didn't look the way I wanted to look anymore. So I, Instead of it being like, oh, Rob, got to change your lifestyle, got to figure out how to eat, I went immediately w towards the physical, right? I meant I went immediately towards just trying to change it physically, and I and I and and it was a, I think it was a pretty good strategy because it worked for me. And but I don't know if it's necessarily the strategy that everybody needs to take. But what I did was I signed um, I signed up for uh, I mean, sorry, one of my clients asked me if I would if if I would train him for a half marathon, and I said uh, and I just I thought about it for a second. I was like. You know what, man? Yeah, I'll train you for a half marathon. I've never done one before. I'll train you, and you know what? I'll do you one up. I'll even I'll run it with you. So I just set myself up nice. for like I can't look like an asshole in front of my client, you know. So I have to be able to do this. I had never run a half marathon before. I had never run distance before. I had only run maybe at tops a mile or two, and so I signed up for this half marathon, and it went terribly. I I beat him 
Right. I had actually I ended up I ended up signing up a bunch of like a couple of other clients and I ended I and I ran faster than all my clients, which I was like, oh, my God, that was the only goal I had. (laughs) The only goal I had was to run faster than them. And then uh, and then so I've completed it. And then I realized, you know what, this was a really good goal setting um, strategy. So I signed up every month for 5Ks, 10Ks, mud runs. Uh, I started doing triathlons half. uh, You know, I signed up for a full marathon. Uh, I, you know, I signed up for as much shit as I could for about almost probably about a year and a half, two years. And I have a drawer. I mean, over there, I can pop the drawer open and I could show you just a pile of, of medals that I gained over those last, you know, over that, the, that year and a half, two years. And so that kind of, that was like the, the, the starting point for me in figuring out how my robot, my body responded to things. Cause then I had to start paying attention to what am I eating before I go on, before I race? Like what, how does my body feel? Like if I eat something before I go for a run, and uh, it makes me heavy and then I got to go to the bathroom or it makes me heavy and I feel and I or I feel sluggish like I had to start paying attention to my, how my body felt in performance mode. Yeah. So that was kind of where it started for me. And then playing with diets with my wife because she was really interested in nutrition. There was just like this, you know, people think it's an overnight figured it out, read one book. Now I know and it's not reality when it comes to health and fitness. It's a lifetime of figuring out. And now when I'm 50. I'm probably going to be eating differently than I am right now, yeah. or I'm going to be exercising differently than I am right now. But you know what I'm going to be? I'm going to be present with what's happening, right? And that's the difference. Everybody's just looking for that one cookie cutter thing that works for everyone, and that's just not how it works. Do you have a a story from someone that you've worked with over the you know for all the years that you've been doing this that that stands out that that's that's someone that came to you and clearly needed some help, and and because of your guidance, you know they they live a different life now? Yeah, there's, you know, there was a guy, uh, this guy, George, who actually I'm really good friends with now, him and his wife. And George came to me. I, I, I hosted this thing called the Sky Fit Challenge. It was, and I still do it technically, but uh, I don't necessarily promote it. It's, it's a three-month training program. And I was really into... I was really into what was happening with P90X and Beachbody.com, and I thought that they were doing a really good job marketing, and I was like, I'm going to do something like this. I'm going to do a three-month challenge where it's fully in, you know, full attention, full, you know, two feet jumping in for, for people. And what I did was I posted it on Facebook, and I did, it was, a, it was a free, it was totally free. The only thing you had to pay for was the gym. And I had, um, and I had a bunch of people apply. It was three months of working with me three days a week, once a week working with my wife doing gyrotonic and once a week working with my wife doing nutrition. And gyrotonic is like a form of like Pilates, yeah. just so you, if nobody knows. So they would do nutrition with her as well once a week. And it was just like this immersive program. And I had this guy who was on, I think it's called Prilosec. It's, the, it's, an, anti, um, it's an acid reflux medication. He was, he was taking so many of those that he was going to Costco to buy them in bulk form every other week. Wow. He, that, was how he was, that, that was how he was maintaining just not throwing up on himself because he had constant acid reflux. So it took us probably about a month to a month and a half to get him off of that. And what that stuff did was it didn't allow him to sweat. He couldn't sweat. It was like this chemical reaction. His body didn't allow him to sweat. Uh, he would get massive headaches if he like got down on the ground and got back up with the ground. Like it was just, it was insane trying to work with him. Uh, he was a, he was actually a figure skater when he was younger. He was, but he, but so he had some athleticism to him, but he never done any kind of workout programming like that, like I was, you know, giving him, which was like a lot of, uh, was weights, plyometric, uh, you know, agility work, things like that. So it was like a very high intensity and also lifting heavy weight stuff. Um, so over time working with my wife, he was able to get off the Prilosec, 
100%. Like, and to this day, I mean, we're talking about five years ago. To this day, I still, I still see him. No Prilosec. He's realized something about his life. Like, he's, he's learned, and this is the whole thing. He's learned something about himself that he wouldn't have learned had he not taken the time to really look deep into what was causing the problem. And so at a, at a certain point, too, at five weeks or six weeks in, he didn't lose any weight. He was really bummed about it. And a lot of it had to do with the Prilosec because it, 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 it actually it made him retain water, which also didn't let him sweat. So it was like this weird thing that was happening in his digestive system, right? Whenever we take medication, this is, this is a whole thing, it, it, it messes up our, our, uh, inner, inner, um, our uh, inner bacteria, right, yeah. our microbiome of our digestive systems. So if you're taking in all these different kinds of drugs, and I think he was, t he might've been taking one or two other things. It was just, it wasn't allowing him to digest nutrients the way that his body would want to digest nutrients. And he wasn't getting the benefits of any of his food. So therefore he wasn't losing any weight. And so at five, six weeks though, what we did, what we were able to see is because we were tracking results. And this is another, this is another, uh, way to monitor how you would, how you would see results would be like do circumference measurements. So we did circumference measurements. We wrote down every single weight that he had ever lifted. And five weeks, six weeks in, he was like, Rob, this sucks. I'm not seeing, I'm not fucking losing any weight. I haven't lost anything on the, on the scale. I was like, okay, let's look at the metrics. Let's see what's really happening right now. Right now, you've increased the amount of w workload that you can do by like 300%. You can do more weight. You can, you can work, you know, you can work three, four times as hard in, in the, in the gym. You've also, now we look at the circumference measurement, you gained in your chest, you gained an inch and a half in your chest in the last five weeks, you've gained this much in your arms, you've lost this much in your waist, you've lost this much in your, in your hips, like you, you're obviously, you're obviously moving in the right direction, but maybe we haven't seen it on the scale, but this metric tells me that we're moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So had you just, what most people do, step on the scale in the morning and got really fucking frustrated because you don't weigh what you thought you should have weighed, you're still moving in the right direction. No chart is ever a straight line, is it? It's never a straight line. It always had blips in the radar, right? Yeah. Even our heartbeat has a blip in the radar, right? So nothing moves straight. Otherwise, it's dead, <laughs> right? That's right. So if it's it's trending, we're looking. What we're looking for is trending. Is it trending down? Is it trending up? And if it is trending up, then all you do is just you be a scientist about it and say you start asking questions, just like we talked about with the gas. You start asking questions. You look back. What did I do? Whereas, you know, so all of it comes down to metrics and whether or not you're recording what you're doing along the way. And it's business is the same thing, right? It's exactly the same thing. This is what I love. This is why I love like helping guys that are like you in terms of the, like, I love helping entrepreneurs. I love helping people that are in the business world and, and, and talking to them because there's a certain kind of, there's a certain kind of vocabulary that we have together. It's like, it's, you know, I was talking to a client this morning and we were talking and he was, he's like, Rob, I don't know. I just, I can't get behind eating vegetables. It's just... I don't know. I just, I don't like cooking them. I don't like, you know, I, I can't carve. I just can't seem to carve out the, the day, the, the time in the day to do it is give me something else that I can do that would do the same, have the same effect. And I go, that's like me saying to you, um, you know, you know, Harry, um, I don't think automated emails is going to work for me. And, um, and social media, you know, it takes a lot of time and I got to spend a lot of time on it. It just doesn't feel right. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm full of shit when I'm on social media. So give me a way to grow my business without social media or automated emails. Go. <laughs> right. It's like, what are you out of your mind? Yeah. Right. You gotta, do, like the, you you gotta do the work. You gotta do the you work. You gotta do the work. Yeah. So, you know, it's, that's kind of, that's kind of, I, that's why I like, because I, because I understand business. I understand. And I understand nutrition and they are unbelievably similar. Everything takes work. 
you got to keep pushing forward, even though you're you're failing along the way, because we all fail along the way, because we the only way we learn is by making mistakes. So I actually wrote something down. Nobody learns anything when they take the shortcut. Hmm. Right. P90X shortcut. Great. You look, you have a six pack. You didn't learn a fucking thing. You know, like you do like a, a, a low calorie diet, 800 calories a day. Great. You lost like you lost 75 pounds in six months. Fantastic. What'd you learn? Uh, it's such a, it's such a hard thing to do to, to eat, to eat only eat 800 calories a day. Yeah. That's the only thing you learned. And now, now what you're going to do that for the rest of your life. No way. That's not going to happen. So, you know, it's, so I, I just wrote this down. The pro, I had two, two, two little quotes right here. The process is the result. That's a big one. The yeah. process is the result. For some people, let that sink in. And then nobody learns anything when they take the shortcut. You just created my tweetables for this episode. Thank you. <laughs> You're got, you got it. You got it. What's uh, the one most misunderstood thing about you? Um, I can't, uh, you know, I think on, the, like, on shows like this, I think you can get my personality. I think in person, I come off very intimidating. Um, I th- I'm not, you know, I'm just like everybody else and, you know, have the same insecurities that everybody else has. And, you know, we all want people to like us and we all want people to, you know, but also to embrace us. Um, but I think that, um, I think that that's, I think that that's one of the great things about podcasting for anybody that's podcasting. You have the opportunity to just be you. And the cool thing is, is that, um, people get to hear you and your inner thoughts without having to see you. And so what you do is it gives you the opportunity to kind of penetrate them without judgment. Because when somebody sees you, somebody looks at you, Harry, right? And they say, okay, I see him. He's got great hair. You know, he's got that, that perfectly trimmed beard that's happening right now. He's a good looking guy. I don't like him. I don't like him. He's working too fucking hard. He's working too hard at looking really good. But when they listen to you on the show and they have no idea what you look like and you're just like really personable and you just like and you seem to be super genuine and and you're being open and transparent. Well, that window just flew right open for somebody to really become uh, a fan of yours and really understand who you are as a person before making that judgment. Yeah, that's really interesting, that point, because a lot of times people think about those occasions when they are in a a video or something like that and they have to be oh i gotta take a shower i gotta like fix my hair up and i gotta be on camera and right because, because you're thinking of yourself and you're thinking how can i look the best for me and what you just pointed out was the fact that by you looking like that you're gonna already give people a preconceived notion of like man look at this guy all he does is just like show up perfect like show up like you know and it's not reality yeah, and it, that's the and, problem with a lot of social media. Yeah, and you get that disconnect. And I think if you can, you can do it later when people know you and they're like, okay, you, I've, I've heard him plenty of times and I've heard him be vulnerable and I've heard him like where it's just like, hey, he sounds like he's like hungover or he sounds like he's just got <laughs> woke up or he's in his, hey, I'm in right. my pajamas. Like, you know, just like we're not ready for the camera <laughs> 24, 24-7. No one is. No one is. I don't care yeah. who you are. So I think um, allowing that time for you to connect with people and mm-hmm. let them hear who you are, who you are, like for real, who you are without all the, all the, yeah. the polish, I think is, is really what, what we need more of. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think you and I more than most get to really see that in people because we're in the world of, uh, of, of content creation. 
So we con- we're constantly uh, pushed up against people who you can tell are n- unauthentic about what's really happening. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I go and I do like when I look on my social media and I have a real hard time with social media, I really do because I feel like so many so many people are showing the best versions of themselves. And I definitely fall into that because I'm afraid that if I show that I'm struggling, somebody's going to not think that I'm, you know, I'm, you know, the, the guy that they thought I was. I'm, I'm, I'm so scared that I'm going to let somebody down. Yeah. And the more I open up about it, and I do this on my show much more than I do just in social media. But, I, you know, I just if I if I if I just open up a little more, I'm opening up the floodgates for a much bigger impact on people. So that's kind of that's. Yeah. I think that this is a powerful medium and I I almost wish like I could do more like live television. I mean, not live television, but live radio and have a show on live radio that talks about this kind of stuff, you know, because people are afraid. They think that everybody, when you look at the fitness world and you look at the people that are most followed in the fitness world, they're amazing. Mm -hmm. They're gorgeous. They have the best bodies. And it's like, I, I, I just, I get it. I, you know, I know you work really hard. But that's not reality for most yeah. people. And it but makes I, people feel like they have to be able to be like that. I think we're seeing a new wave, though. I think we're seeing a new wave we are. of, of um, you know, just people being genuine, being real. Um, I think we are. And, and authentic. So I think hopefully that's going to we're going to see more of that. And people saying, look, uh, you know, people, you know, we're showing the ideal version and we're shaming people who, who don't have that ideal body. And, and it's it's just like body types, right? There's all different body types, right? So just like, we're, we're just not a one size fits all. And, yeah. and I think what's what, the beauty of things like podcast is that you can find your tribe who resonates with like your message. And they're like, no, this is the guy that, you know, Rob's the guy who speaks to me. Rob's the guy who I, yeah. you know, I like his jokes, you know, he, <laughs> his East coast <laughs> sense of humor and his cursing. And, and then you just d- develop this like traits about you as a podcaster that right. re- that resonate with people and, and then you don't have you don't need a million followers you just need your your loyal thousand right you your, your thousand, that's right tr- thousand true fans that's right and for anybody that's starting a podcast out there your your true voice is the first and foremost thing that you should be putting out there yeah what have so. you uh, changed your mind about recently uh what have i changed my mind about recently um Oh, that's a tough question. There's so many things. I feel like if you don't change your mind, then you're stuck in this like path of, of, of stubbornness. I change my mind all the time, you know, I, um, about, I mean, just in terms of my own health, in terms of my own, uh, business, I'm constantly keeping an open mind. I don't know. I'm not giving you anything specific and I probably won't. I, I, you know, but I think that without keeping an open, open mind about change is, uh, is one of the first steps towards, uh, having complete seizure in your, in your development. So constantly change your mind, constantly ask the questions, constantly ask, why would I do it that way? You know, whether or not it's a way that you've done it all over and over and over again and it works, but just maybe once in a while revisit that and ask yourself, why am I doing it that way? Is there a better way? You know? Yeah, that's a really good point because I think, uh, the only, you know, what do they say that the only, the only constant is change. That's right. Yeah. So if, if you aren't doing something and if and maybe if I, that's why this maybe that's why this country is moving in the direction it's moving right now, you know, like, you know, you and I are Southern California. So, we, you know, for us, we kind of know where this state falls. But we, you know, we we live in a bubble, yeah. you know, so the, the the country, most of the country obviously wasn't happy, you know, so we have to really look at that as as intelligent people. We have to back up and go, wow, there's something happening here. Why are so many people upset? Well, maybe there's something to this. So, all right, let's let's start digging in. 
Yeah, and so for folks that are going to be listening to this uh, weeks after the election, Rob and I are having this discussion literally like two days after right. <laughs> the election. November 10th. So it's, it's really top of mind. Um, mm-hmm. But what's, what I found interesting without turning this into a political discussion is the fact that we're seeing behavior in people uh, that supposedly were you know, forward-thinking and open-minded, acting mm. in a way that's con- contrary to that. So yeah. I was telling my wife, you know, maybe this needed to happen so that behavior can come out and you can do an internal inspection of like yourself. Like, okay, I, I thought I was this this uh, this person who who who's like open to everything, you know, yeah. the, the good and the bad. But when things don't go our way, that's really when we show our true colors, right? Like, okay, that's right. And this is the message that we're going to give to our younger generation. Look, you're not always going to get what you want. And, mm-hmm. and so when you don't get the things that you want, how you respond is really your true colors. That's right. Yeah, there was a guy that was on Facebook that literally was talking about that specifically. The only thing that you have control of is how you respond, yeah. how you react. Your reaction is the only thing that belongs to you. And the outcome, you know, is the outcome. It's like the event plus your reaction is the outcome. Right. Yeah. It's it's really it's 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 kind of so unbelievably simple, but so true. It's mm-hmm. like if somebody if somebody yells at you and you're like if you're if you get in, if you're like pulling up like somebody and somebody starts yelling you out the window and gives you the finger, you know, you have two options. You can either just like wave, smile and keep your window rolled up and just be like, all right, that guy's having a fucking bad day. I'm not going to get involved or you can get out. and You guys can go all out and fucking brawl right in the middle of the street. And then what's the outcome going to be? Yeah. Maybe you win that fight. Yeah. Maybe you feel awesome. Maybe you get clocked upside the head and you're laying in the fucking street with a bloody nose. Who knows? But, well, you know, you, you made the choice on how to react in that situation. That's what we're seeing. So, I'm, I'm seeing that. Uh, that's the, the Wild West days. And I'm watching Westworld now, too. So I'm like, oh, that's not. I love that, that show. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's, how, that's how quarrels were resolved. Like, <laughs> pull out your gun and whoever draws faster kills the other person. <laughs> so, yeah, problem solved. Yeah. I, I would like to think we've evolved past <laughs> We'll see. Hopefully, yeah. Well, um, Rob... Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, this was awesome, Harry. I really appreciate it. This was fun. I, you know, I never know where these are going to go, so I'm always happy that you know we cover a wide range of topics. But I think more importantly than ever, it just showcases your personality and allows people to see what you're doing with your show. And and if that message resonates, I highly encourage listeners to go head on over to OpenSkyFitness.com. Mm-hmm. You're on Twitter at OpenSkyFitness as well. So. Everything's open sky fitness, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you if you do want, if you if you kind of like the conversation about health and fitness, and if you do want to be a part of that conversation, I would skip right ahead to the Open Sky Fitness podcast group on Facebook because, like I said, that's the most interaction. That's where I'm hanging out most of the time, and that's where there's like a great community of people that are there. And I say this on my show all the time. I'm going to say it's a it's a great community of people. It's a closed group, so you have to ask to join. I think Harry, I think yours is the same way. And we don't have any assholes in the group. Yeah, I haven't had to kick anybody out yet. So you know, if you're if you're looking to just look for a supportive s- circle, this is the spot. Can be the spot for you. So, yeah, check it out. Open Sky Fitness Podcast group on Facebook. Okay, one last question as I'm on Twitter. How many takes did it for, for that picture where you're, you're hitting the ground and everyone's like blowing up and with their feet in the air? That was one take, dude. I fucking <laughs> crushed the ground. People blew up. <laughs> one take. The camera exploded after that. There was nothing left. Yeah, that was one take. They should check it out. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that was a meme. That was a meme that was happening all over like Asia at yeah. the time. And uh, one of my clients, the client, that client George that I mentioned to you is one of the guys that's in there. He was the one who called that out. He goes, you guys, we got to do this meme right now. And then I had my, one of the girls that's in it, she was a graphic designer and she's the one who put the exploding ground. And like, so that's why it looks like I'm crushing the ground in that picture. So it was kind of, it was really cool. 
I keep, I'll never get rid of that shot. It was so, so fun. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Well, brother, thank you so much for your time. Uh, This is embarrassing that we haven't hung out in in real life. (laughs) We will. We're now, yeah, I totally forgot you lived, you you lived in town. So yeah, let's, let's grab some coffee soon. I would, I would love that. We'll make that, uh, we'll we'll make that happen. And uh, again, thanks for your time. Thanks for your knowledge and wisdom. Thanks for having me. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rob. I really love his openness and explicitness when he talks about the hustle that it takes to put together the show, but uh, the way he goes about getting top-level guests. And that's why I included that snippet at the beginning. You just have to ask sometimes, and I think as podcasters, we're afraid of doing that. I think the two things that podcasters are afraid of are um, going after guests that they really want to engage with and uh, something we're talking about next week um, little sneak peek preview there uh, is about selling, but more on that in a second. Uh, this uh, podcast is part of the Podcastica Network, podcastica.com, to see all of the great shows there. Music composed by Cedar and Soil, cedarsoil.com. Don't forget to visit podbean.com slash podcast junkies. If you're thinking of starting a podcast or looking for a great home for your show, don't forget you'll get one month free if you sign up with the special URL and you can try all of Podbean's great hosting features, podbean.com slash podcast junkies. So one specific call to action for this week is to join Podcast Junkies Junkies Facebook group. So actually search for that name, Podcast Junkies Junkies. It's on Facebook. It's a group specifically for fans of the show and you can engage there. I, I give you behind the scenes of what's happening with me. I shoot a lot of video there. I've got to shoot a couple more to end the year strong as I publicly committed to do. Uh, you heard Rob mention the, his Facebook group as well. If you don't have one for your show, I really encourage you to to create one and to just go deeper with your own audience. I know that uh, Jonathan Oakes from Trivial Warfare has a fantastically uh, engaging group um, uh, for his show. And um, I'm an honorary member, member of that group. And then they're always engaging on a regular basis. So it's something you need to try out and maybe it's something you want to add to the mix for 2017. So if you made it this far, you're listening for the retention hashtag. It's uh, Fitness Rob, hashtag Fitness Rob. And his Twitter handle is Open Sky Fitness, one word. And we are podcast underscore junkies. I normally don't give two calls to action, but uh, if you haven't done so already, I'd love to hear some comments via SpeakPipe. So head on over to uh, the website, podcastjunkies.com. And on the right side, you'll see a tab popping out. You can click on it and leave a, I believe it's a 60 second. I still don't know the duration on that. That's funny. I think it's 60 seconds. Um, Quick note about uh, what you think of the show. Just say hi. I mean, I'd love to play some of these uh, in an upcoming episode. I know that uh, folks like... um, Patrick and Denny and uh, and Colin have left one uh, previously, and and I really really enjoy hearing them, guys. So if you haven't done so already, please do that, and uh, and support the show. Make sure you tell friends about it as well, because I I know there's that's a third call to action. I only said there'd be two, but what uh, I want you to do is uh, there's if you're new to the show, make sure you subscribe. It's really important that you subscribe um, on your desktop, and I know that's typically not where you might be listening to the show, but subscribe subscriptions help. Uh, indicate to Apple that you're actively engaging with the show and um, make sure you subscribe on your phone as well because that'll get you the new episodes right away. I wouldn't want you to miss anything and these fantastic guests that we're having. Like next week, we speak to Glenn the Geek. 
Um, I know a couple of podcasters have had him on the show, and I think we went a couple down a couple of different paths, and I hope you'll find that as interesting and, and hear something about him that you haven't heard on a previous show. So that's going to be the episode to close out the year, 115 with Glenn the Geek of Horse Radio Network. Yes, if you've if you've never heard of Glenn, you might think the phrase Glenn the Geek and Horse Radio uh, probably don't go together, but uh, you'll be surprised to hear why they do. It's jam-packed full of great information for fans, um, podcasting fans, and for podcasters as well. We finish the conversation super strong, so please uh, stay tuned for that. Because I, I, Stay tuned. I don't know why I keep saying that. This is not a radio station. <laughs> Tune in for that. It's going to be fantastic. Thanks for all you do to support the show. Um, I'll catch you next week where we'll finish the a year strong. And I'll give you some uh, holiday wishes as well. Have a fantastic week, guys.